0: Welcome to Ornate Stairwells. I'm Autumn, apparently I'm a sloppy drunk, and I'm joined as always by Neve. (laughs) Hi, I'm Neve. So...
1: So, I... Yeah, I I gave you a beer, and you immediately spilled it on the... (laughs)
0: No, 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 no. (laughs) Let's give the full context. Okay. I was in a Zoom call for a work thing. Um... And... Um my coworker and I were joking about um, like oh after work on Tuesday we'll you know because we both leave work at 730 and then there's a meeting for the union organizing at 8 and we're like oh we'll just slip into the bar across the street grab a couple beers and go to this you know union meeting on Zoom and I I said something like oh yeah can I have a beer and then you reached your hand through the doorway. (laughs) Because I was sitting in our recording space, which is your closet, and you, apparently you were just raring to go, ready to record stairwells. Well, I could
1: hear that it was wrapping up. Because uh-huh. I was kind of like, I was just like poking around on my computer and my phone in my bedroom. And it sounded like you were wrapping up. And so I had my beer, and you said, Oh, I'll take a beer. And so I just decided to hand one in. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you you opened it and then immediately smelled it on the the like recording surface, which is just the ironing board.
0: <laughs> um it's spotted cow, which I think I've drank on cast before, right? Maybe. I think I've yeah. I don't ever drink beer except when I'm at your place or sipping one of Nora's beers. So, yeah. I think you've given me this before. Probably. Anyway, do you watch any movies this week? Because I sure as hell didn't. Uh, I watched three movies.
1: I, we, we've, I've just been reading a lot of Nana. Is really where my brain's at. My, Unsurprising.
0: Yeah, I um finished watching Berserk, and then I have been reading Berserk, Um, dipping my toes into other comics. Um, I'm almost caught up on Witch Hat Atelier, because I was two or three volumes behind. Um, I've been playing a lot of Picross. I've been doing a lot of things that like, either I'm reading Berserk, which I can do on a sort of like flexible time schedule in a way that I can't do with movies, or I'm doing things to just like totally turn my brain off. Like I've watched so much YouTube this week because I just haven't been in a headspace to like engage in art the way that I do when I watch a movie. So, yeah. I didn't watch anything except Blow Up.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, I'll go over the three that I've watched. Please. Uh, So, most recently, i.e., last night, or no, the night before, um, it was Emily and I's anniversary of when we started dating, which actually, as the time that we were recording this now, which is the Sunday. Half of my life, I've been in a relationship with Emily, which is fucking weird to think about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, marrying the the person who you met in high school sure does get weird sometimes <laughs> when you just think about <laughs> how much of your life you've been with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, but we celebrated by just hanging out, um, and watching a movie. So we watched Shining Red. Um, she's. Like, I would say a bigger fan of like Disney and Pixar stuff than me, but mm-hmm. I, I still have like a certain fondness for it. This scene, to...
0: This one catches my eye this one caught my eye in a way that like most of the more recent animated movies don't.
1: Yeah. There there's like ways that people talk about it where it's still very much a Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. Like people have talked about like how drastically different the animation style feels. And I'm like, no, this is still like Pixar y like it's a little bit different, but not This is not, like, experimental animation or anything.
0: Right. Um, God, I wish Pixar was making experimental films. Imagine if you had Disney money making actual experimental movies.
1: (laughs) Um, But, like, it's fairly... It's well animated. The, The character designs are... I think Pixar in general lets them be a little bit looser than, like, the Disney... Like, the Frozen, like, we're doing a Disney princess... Everything since, like, there's a very static style. Yeah, so... Whereas, like, Pixar is allowed to be more cartoony
0: in ways that will, like,
1: push the form.
0: It, from, like... I probably have some of this wrong here. My memory's a little hazy. But from, like, 2010, maybe, to 2016, I dated, like, two different people who just, like, insisted on we needed to go see every new animated movie that came out. So I saw, like, the I saw uh, fucking Rio, I saw Home. I saw a lot of animated movies that I didn't want to see. And the, the the Pixar ones, I remember, like, the Disney ones, like, Frozen or Tangled, everything is on model. We are selling a product here. Yeah. <laughs> um. Whereas, like... The Pixar stuff does do a little more like squashing and stretching and like, ooh, yeah. funny faces. Well,
1: also just like the model for Disney stuff, like Moana is like slightly out of mm-hmm. what the model is, but it's still like she's still very much this like same ideal yeah. depiction of, like, what a body is. Yes. Like, everyone still kind of adheres to, like, a way that bodies are meant to be presented uh-huh. in Disney movies. Yeah. In a way that Pixar will allow for more cartoony, just, like, character designs themselves. Yeah. And cartoony in ways that will, like, express parts of, of the human body in different ways. So, like, uh-huh. in this one, like, characters often have, like, really big toothy smiles. So, you, like, see, like, you know, it's just, like, a thing with like lines like you would draw on a cartoon mm. it's not like individually rendered teeth but like everybody's like mouth is like open with their teeth like all the time in this movie yeah um, in a way that's it, just like that's not like the Frozen style that I, I go to Frozen because it's like the big one that mm-hmm. extremely blew up and it's probably why they're like even more here
0: hewing towards like this yeah. this this we just want to do this all the time well and also you know like um, it is it is hard to do that sort of like Cartooniness, the squashing and stretching stuff in three D, like because you have yeah. to like change a model around, or you have to build the yeah. skeleton of the model so that it has that capability. You know, yeah. Um, and it, my general impression is that the Disney movies have a much shorter turnaround than the Pixar movies do. Yeah, that, that I don't, I don't have anything to back that up, but I just like look at them and I'm like, Frozen looks like a movie that came together in eighteen months. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. But, so, like, the designs are really fun. Um, it's, you know, the, a fairly, like, nice, diverse cast. One thing that stood out to me, and this is especially because I'm not a right now, is that it is a movie about, like, a, a group of, like, four girls in middle school or whatever who are friends. And they wear the same outfits throughout the entire movie. I was like, come on, put some of that money into doing different outfits for different days. <laughs> That girl is not waking up and putting on the same goddamn sweater. I would believe it if it was a group of four boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Connor wears the exact same outfit every day. His his closet is just black pants and black t shirts, just like all in a
0: row. <laughs> um, many. Anyway. I know many men who wear gray t shirts too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it
1: was a lot of fun. Like I. I was saying to to Emily when she was asking me, like, oh, what would you think of it? Of, like, I feel like when I'm reading stuff on Letterboxd, like, if people would go and look at my Letterboxd, the, like, zero to four in that range, I am, like, specifically rating it for, like, what is this thing? Like, some of it is how do I like it, but also, like, what is the actual thing? What is it trying to be? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, like, knock a... If it's something as extremely good as, like, a, a slasher horror movie that's just nonsense and I'm, like, I'm not going to be that invested in it, I'm still probably going to give it, like, a four. Right. You know? Because it's still, like, succeeding really well at what it wants to be. Right. And I can look at that and appreciate that this is, like, well-made. There's, like, craft going into it. Even if it's not necessarily... I went to slasher. I like slashers more than some stuff. Like, a torture porn. That's the thing that, like... The ones where it's just, like, oh, mm-hmm. we've, like... The entire movie is just seeing us cut people apart. Yeah. Um. Sometimes that stuff is just like, eh, I'm not that interested in it. But if it was still really well made and I could see that it was, like, a good version of that, I would probably give it, like, up to a four star. Hmm. I give this a four and a half. Some of that yeah. is still just, that like, is really hard for a Disney or Pixar movie to hit five for me, I think. Yeah. But this is, this is really good. I might even bump it up if
0: I, like, continue to sit on it. But... You know, Um, we watched um, the Mitchells versus the Machines last year, and when I watched that, I was like, "That movie's fine. That's like a three star movie." And like, the more that I've sat on it, I'm like, "You know, I, (laughs) it's not one of my favorite movies, but it's absolutely one of my favorite animated, like, 3D animated major studio movies of the last ten years." Which is like, on the one hand, many qualifications, and on the other hand. I watched a lot of those movies, and The Mitchells yeah. and the Machines stands out above yeah. most of those. <laughs> and <laughs> so... I, think, I think this is going
1: to be one of those for me, too. Like, if <laughs> people are like, I've not seen a Pixar movie in a while, but I want to dip my toes back in, I'd be like, yeah, watch The Ring Red. It was good. Yeah. What um, was the... I joked on on my locked Twitter, I think, because mm. I didn't want to just put this energy out on main without saying stuff into a podcast where I get to like slightly defend the stake. Uh, but it is kind of fully coolie, but for <laughs> <laughs> for Disney girls instead of Gynax voice. Um, and I say this because there there are lots of like references and jokes, especially early on. Where the mom thinks that what's happening is that she's going through puberty and is getting her first period, and then realizes that what's happening is she's turning into a panda. But also, the panda is still just an extended metaphor for going through puberty where you like start mm-hmm. getting like hard to control emotions and like you want to rebel more against your parents and things. And so, it's like at once literally about puberty. And then also, when you look at the metaphor, most of it is about puberty still. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of it being like, a fooly cooly like this is a boy Dream who's in thing. love yeah <laughs> um <laughs> mtv <laughs> um yeah but instead of it being like you know fighting robots and everything that that fooly cooly is about it's like oh yeah she she's a furry basically and um <laughs> it is also I- a movie about a girl who's a furry and he draws fan art and um specifically at the at the end this is like slightly spoiling but it's also pixar movie, so you kind of know where this is going where she like embraces that side of her instead of just like fully
0: oh the thing mm. they do in all of these yeah
1: <laughs> um <laughs> again the reason why that's my favorite bluey episode where they go to the movie and it's like no i'm sure by the end it's gonna be like everyone's gonna appreciate <laughs> that he's different <laughs> don't worry <laughs> It's the same plot in all these movies. Um, But once she's like embraced and is like more control over the panda, she intentionally chooses to go to school with the raccoon tail and ears. And I'm like, ooh, high school me, (laughs) 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 going to school with a fox tail. Anyway,
0: I appreciated that. That (laughs) was mostly uh, like you talking about. Seeing red after all, because like I can't talk about Foolie Coolie on a podcast, I can't do it because it is uh, Nora's absolute favorite anime. She loves Foolie Coolie with her whole entire heart, and I watched it and thought it was mid, <laughs> which means there is literally nothing I can say about Foolie Coolie that won't get me in hot water. Yeah,
1: <laughs> at some
0: point, we might
1: do a, a Ghost Divers on it. Um, mm-hmm. it's like one that we could do one episode and do all of it.
0: You can get Nora on but, for that, I bet.
1: Yeah, but I like it. But also, I kind of just like the, like... There's a lot of just references to, like, other Japanese animation and stuff that's mm-hmm. happening in it. And that's, that's honestly more what I like about it, is mm-hmm. that it's just fun animation.
0: Nora likes it because she took a road trip as a teenager and listened to that Pillow soundtrack a million times, like, the week after that she watched it or something. And so, yeah. like... You know, <laughs> like it is just like ingrained on her soul in a way that like nothing else can be your favorite anime the way that Foolie Coolie can be your favorite anime when you saw it when you were fifteen. Yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, I I don't really remember a stairwell in this other than like a, there's a few steps to go up into the shrine where the family lives, but like it's not even really a stairwell. Yeah. So I gave it a D minus. There's like technically some stairs in this movie that I remember people walking up and down, but I don't remember like ever a stairwell scene. What
0: was the, what was the, um,
1: Oh, the other thing about this, the, the like boy band music in this
0: is pretty spot on and good for like, I've heard that. That is like one of the things I heard. Oh, I was going to ask, um, what was the, I don't remember if it was Disney or Pixar, but the one about the family in Columbia. It was last year. Oh, um... What was... It? Was I... it... Inca- Encanto?
1: Yeah. Okay. That was good, too.
0: Yeah. I want to see that one, too.
1: Yeah. Um, I liked both of those. They, I, I was, like, more surprised by them than I thought I would be.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm very cynical about this type of movie, and Encanto and Turning Red both seem like, oh, they actually kind of made good ones of these. Yeah. They're, they're, one is that, like people know me people know us
1: like i don't think the the representation will save us or anything it's not liberation or anything but it's still nice to see uh like movie that is about like you know uh i think they speak cantonese so probably like from hong kong but hmm. like a you know asian girl and her friends that include like a latina girl uh um indian girl and then like some girl who the movie continues to assert is straight. I don't believe that she's straight.
0: (laughs) I, I don't want to razz this coworker too much, but I had, I had a friend at work come up to me. We were both clocking in at the same time. And he was like, have you seen turning red yet? I said, no, I don't watch a lot of Disney movies. Is this one good? And he was like, the main girls are a lesbian polycule. That's the first thing. <laughs> they kind of are. <laughs> so I was like, okay. I on the one hand, I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. And I'm, on the other hand, I'm like, is there nothing Disney will not take from us? <laughs> um
1: It kinda but not really. But it like not in the way that that Ray Earth is a lesbian polycule. There's, Ray Earth is just like textually like, has a polycule.
0: There is s- such a stark difference between I read the between the lines on this Pixar movie and saw that it was a lesbian polycule, and I read between the lines on this clamp anime.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um Why do these five women live together? Yeah. <laughs> With why did ca- they with all change their names? Yeah, why did they
1: all change their names at the same time? Oh, it was to celebrate the group. The formation of the group.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it
0: was a celebration of the formation of eating pussy. <laughs> um,
1: Yeah, that's turning around... <laughs> Well, oh, so the other part is... I've
0: had half
2: a beer. Not, What's no, going
0: on in <laughs> <on> this podcast?
1: <laughs> not not only a half a beer, you're drunk. Not only is... I'm not drunk. Not only is it like, oh, it's this diverse cast or whatever, mm. which is still kind of nice to see, but also, I do appreciate that it's a movie about puberty that is specifically about girls going through puberty, and it is like a Pixar movie where they're making period jokes, mm. you know? Yeah. Um. But also it's like th- this is not going to save us. Yeah. Pixar doing this movie is not going to liberate us. <laughs> it,
0: yes, uh, the, the 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 point in favor of the representation I will give there is that like I remember growing up and like periods were a very like no you do not talk about that sort of yeah. topic. And so I you know, I do hope that some, you know, young girls out there or or some young, like, men out there are, like, watching that and are like, oh, it's okay for me to talk about this. It's okay for me to not be grossed out by this, you yeah. know? Um,
1: um, and I mean, some of the stuff, too, is, like, around feeling like you should be embarrassed by it. But then the whole thing being, like, no embracing... Like, the red panda... Her turning in the red panda being this, like, symbolism of these... All these multiple things related to puberty. And then again, it also being... This is the thing that I liked about this and Encanto, and is that both of them are things where the ending is not, like, oh, the the main character needs to, like, kind of follow what their parents are saying and things. But, like, specifically the parents actually need to learn the ways that they're, like, treating their kids is, is doing more harm than good. We've gone so
0: long on this Pixar movie. Yeah. Well, we don't have anything to talk about for the main segment, And so also, you're drunk, so you're... I'm you're not drunk! <laughs> um... There's, there's nothing, once someone says, oh, you had half beer, you're drunk now, there's nothing I can say. Because if I say I'm not drunk, I sound drunk. If I say I'm drunk, I sound drunk. I lose. Yeah. (laughs) I, I lost the moment that I opened this beer. (laughs) That I'm only drinking as a joke. Yeah. (laughs) Um.
1: Seems like you don't appreciate that I handed the beer that I was planning to drink during this recording. And let you have it instead. And then I I could drink that beer. I'm drinking this one. Huh? Okay, I like Kieran Ichiban more, but okay. I was gonna have this for another recording. Mm. Um. Anyway, we we are gonna move on pretty soon to blow up the Antonioni movie. But I have two other movies that I will probably talk about for roughly the same amount of time. Sorry, who directed this movie? Who directed Blow Up? Sorry, Wait, Antonioni. What? One more time. Can you? Antonioni?
0: Did I... Antonioni? (laughs) (laughs) I'm making the movie? (laughs) Sorry, I just needed to break the seal on that. (laughs) I don't
1: know. Without, like, spoiling too much about Blow Up, both of us kind of watched it and we were like, not a lot happened in
0: that and there were some, like, aesthetic (laughs) shots... You know, we should talk about your other movies first, but my general feeling on Blow Up is that there are, like, moments where that's the greatest movie ever made, and there's moments where I'm like, I want to turn this off, I'm so fucking bored right now. (laughs) Um, So,
1: similarly, both Vampires and Killer's Kiss were movies where not a lot happened, and it was mostly just riding on the aesthetics of it. Um, Vampires is from 1974, uh, it's by, also, all three of these movies, British. <laughs> yes. Um, Killers Kiss, the least British, in terms of, like, presentation, although I think a lot of it is just doing that
0: mid-Atlantic thing. Kubrick's an American, right? I'm not sure. I was roasting Nora, because Nora was doing a bad, like, British accent for Stanley Kubrick the other day. I like, he's an American, but I wasn't actually sure of that when I was saying it. He is American. Okay. Thank you. Um... He did do a fair amount of stuff that was like... Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I understand how someone watches 2001 and thinks this must be a British guy.
1: Yeah. Um, Vampires is extremely British. Um, and the the plot is like the very beginning of the movie, it just opens with um, a like somewhat soft core scene of two girls having lesbian sex and then a guy comes in and murders them. And then the rest of the movie, they are vampires. I wish that was me. <laughs> the rest of the movie, they are um, vampires who are just, like, terrorizing the the not-that-attractive British men in the nearby town. will like, lure them to the, the house where they were murdered. Um, and then have sex with them. And then, like... What I appreciate about this that I like with some vampire stuff... Like, this is the thing with The Hunger, too is uh when they have to, like, use knives to, to cut and then drink the blood. Like, they don't have, like, just, like, the big fangs that grow out. Um, but, yeah, so they'll, like, you know, sleep with these men and then murder them and drink their blood. Um, but then, like, one of them is, like, basically toying around with a guy for too long. Um, and so he manages to briefly escape the house and goes to... There's like these people who camped nearby in a, um, like RV basically. Um, and goes and, and sees them and is trying to like get help and stuff. Um, and then as it like progresses, like they also get killed. Um, and, the whole thing, just, like, everything is building and there's multiple people just being killed by these vampires. There's no real plot happening other than just, like, people getting lured in and killed. And there's, like, interspersed sex scenes that then turn into, like, people getting stabbed and then there's just, like, blood everywhere. And then the, the women are, like, holding up the arm or whatever and drinking the blood. And just, like, blood all over them. It's, it's a great movie if you just want, like... <laughs> like
0: I love Berserk.
1: <laughs> this this is what I expected <clears throat> Satan's Princess to be more like, which is just, like, really blood horny.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This is very blood horny. Mm-hmm. I guess I've just decided that I'm watching, like, a porno every week for stairwells. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then it just all come. I don't even remember why they end up fleeing. For some reason, they have to, like, flee. Um and then it ends with this old British couple that are is going to like buy the house and the realtor is like, Oh yeah, there's like a horrific murder here and people say it's haunted and like, you know, um there's been like rumors that people disappear into the house and they're like Oh, a haunted house! That would be so fun. We could have parties. It's just—it's just like the <laughs> funniest ending to like th- this weird horror softcore porno. But um, B minus. There's lots of shots of the the stairs in the mm-hmm. um, in the uh, apartment, um, or not the apartment. The the big building. Um, and then Killer's Kiss is. A, a noir that is about a a boxer who's about to retire. We see his like final bout where he goes up against like the young hotshot who's like rising in the ranks and obviously loses. I um, love boxing movies. Yeah, there's not as much boxing in this as I wish Damn. there was. There is some good boxing though. I just um, this is like the beginning. Like it ends with him like
0: basically he's out. There's like a, w- a weird thing where like I like, I love Creed. I love Rocky. I liked Raging Bull. I think I'd probably be bored by it now. Um, On the waterfront is like not a boxing movie, but is about a guy who used to box and is very sad. There's a lot of movies I like that are like about this boxers. Is, this is basically about a guy who used to box and is very sad. That I think are <clears throat> like are mid-century boxers just like fundamentally sad people. Probably, I mean, you. I feel like you have you get to... hit in the head a lot, and then you. There might just be like a a, a fundamental sadness to like combat sports that like movies can evoke. Yeah. Um, the wrestler anyway, is another one of these.
1: Uh, his apartment building is so there's like, his window just like looks out to like two feet away another window. Mm-hmm. And um, th- across the hall or like across the window. Um, there is a woman who lives in that place, and he breaks his leg and has to like just looks at her all the time. No, <laughs> um, and so then she's trying to get out because her boss is like, it's you know the movie being made in 1955, so stuff stuff is like not really gone into detail, but seems like might be like her boss is like doing terrible sexual things with her. But again, stuff is kind of just hinted at and never like really talked about. Um, but, and so she's trying to like get free of the boss. And then basically the, the rest of the movie is honestly not that much plot of just like them trying to run away together and him eventually having to confront the, the boss. Um, and that final fight between him and the like abusive boss is in a, like, warehouse just full of mannequins. Um, and so very little happens in this movie. There's there's no, like, interesting plot to talk about. There's nothing, like... Like, you know what this movie's gonna be once you, like, see what the plot's going to be. As soon as you're like, oh, they decide that they're gonna run away together, you're like, I know what the rest of this movie is. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what the rest of this movie is. And it is. There's no, like, surprises in all. Yeah. Um, and so the, the whole... Like, the pure... What I really did enjoy about it was just you could see how Kubrick would, like, become this person who can do these really, like, constructed, beautiful scenes. Like, these shots where everything is, like, very well put together. Um, Because he's starting to already get this, like, you know, this is one of his early films. We get this eye of, of, like, how to frame the camera and how to have, like, interesting things in that frame and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of it like fully you watch this and you're like compared to later stuff he's did. And it's just not that impressive, yeah. but it's still like, like it's a thing where I watched it and I was like, I think if it didn't have his name attached to it, this would just be like, Oh yeah. They're way better film noir. Mm-hmm. The, the cinematographies in it, and it is like maybe a little bit more elevated than some stuff, but like really it's not that notable. Yeah. What um, it, and we, it being like him elevates it but it's still just like that fight in the thing full of mannequins is great because it's just a warehouse full of mannequins and you know it's kubrick choreographing a fight in there
0: so what is kubrick like without all the money in the world to just spend as long as he wants torturing yeah. people and making this movie yeah <laughs> like it's, like it's when this. you when you take the budget and the the propensity to like ruin people's lives? What is Kubrick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, what's
1: this? there? This is the nugget here, but he just, he needs that money and he needs that, um that name where people will just let him destroy their lives <laughs> to make a movie. <laughs> um, But yeah, A, there's some good stairs in this. Yeah. There's the, so also because there's the window, there's like shots where they'll be going down the stairs or like up the stairs. Where you literally have to go all the way down and then up the other building. So, like, get to the other room. hmm You know? It's not like there's, like, a... It's not like it's, like, a U-shaped building. It's just basically, like, two buildings next to each other. Okay. Um. So there's lots of, like... Like, there's scenes where they're both going down the stairs and it's, like, intercutting between them. And then they, like, meet up at the end because they're, like, leaving at the same time. There's um, like, a shot when the boss, like, goes to like attack her or whatever, and then he's like trying to help her and he has to like run all the way down and then all the way back up. And then there's also like a train station scene where she's like running down the stairs to be like, oh I love you you know. One of those movies.
0: Can I say something? And I don't a, want for you... stairs I don't want you to roast me. What? You're a little drunk. Alright, blow up <laughs>
1: Um, <laughs> this might be a short episode of Sterile. because be sh- we don't have a lot to say about I up just up. don't have.
0: <laughs> I, okay, okay. Blow Up is a 1966 uh, English-language film directed by Michelangelo Antonio. Hey, you make the film! <laughs> about a bunch of men who talk like this. <laughs> really, it's just one man who talks like this, oi! Yeah, it's about the most despicable
1: British man you have ever met, which is honestly kind of impressive because there are a oh lot of despicable
0: God.
2: British men. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but put every despicable man in every, every despicable British man in every movie you've seen, roll that into one guy, and it's this Memeth right here.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Okay, so like, broad outline... Why I picked this movie is that I am a huge, huge fan of the Brian De Palma um, thriller, like, you know, action thriller spy movie blowout. And I knew that this was a remake of that. And so I was expecting a 60s action movie. And I was like, oh, that's kind of I don't know what that's going to be like. That'll be interesting. They based the conversation and blowout on this. Those are two of the greatest movies ever made. There's got to be something here. (sighs) Turns out
1: it's the plot outline for a great movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We are introduced to a, a shitty man who I'm told is named Thomas by the Wikipedia. I don't know if they say his name in the film, but that's neither here nor there. Somebody um, might at some point be like, "Thomas."
1: Yeah. And we Oi, were just Thomas. Yeah, and we were just too busy being like, "Oi, me lads." <laughs> to hear it. So, we did make a lot of British jokes while watching this movie. We're... And a lot of Antonians.
0: <laughs> we're introduced to Thomas, who is a like high fashion photographer, basically. Yeah. Um and he has this, like, you know, huge, enormous studio space that he definitely, like, saw a bunch of magazine photos of Andy Warhol's factory and was like, I want that, but in a flat.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. And then for, like, a half hour, we just watch him take photos. Yeah, you just... Of models.
0: You just watch him take photos of models. He just goes, a bunch of 60s ditzy bimbos. He goes antiquing. Um, mm-hmm. for for props that he can use in his photos, he harasses some women, um, and then he goes to a park and he's taking photos, and he sees this like couple who like clearly don't want to be seen, and he starts taking a bunch of photos of them. Yeah. Um, and the woman from this couple approaches him and is like, "I want that camera," and like he's like trying to get his negatives away from him, and he's like, "No, these are my negatives." Yeah. <laughs> And he's a real prick about it. Um, Oi, bird. <laughs> I think he calls her a bird at one yeah, point. Yeah, he does, a lot. Ah. <laughs> uh... And then that kind of just ends for a little bit and he goes back to antiquing and then he goes and like meets up with his agent who's like, oh, I think we should do this photo in the book. Oh, I think we should do this photo in the book. This, uh, you, this is actually a sort of interesting scene for my general read on the movie. So we'll circle back to this maybe. Okay. Um, he, so he meets up with his agent and then he sees a guy who's like, why is that guy looking at us so close? And he like starts following that guy. Um, loses track of him, goes back home. And then all of a sudden, that lady that he saw at the park earlier is at his house and he's like, how did you find out where I live? Oh, well, I'm horny now, so I'm not going to follow up this line of questioning any further. And she's, yeah, he
1: gets distracted by being horny a lot in this movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he like asks her one question and she's like, can I seduce you into giving me those negatives? And he's like, yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> they talk for a really long time where nothing happens. Um, and Ultimately, she thinks she has the negatives and leaves, and they end up not sleeping together. And she's like, oh, you can have my number.
1: Yeah, but he does like a fake out. And, and yeah, gives he her actually the wrong, has the negatives. Yeah, he gives her the wrong, like, real,
0: Because <clears throat> he wants to use these photos in his book. He thinks it's like a perfect way to end his book. So he starts looking at the photos, and he's like, this is the best part of the whole movie. He, like, starts looking at these photos, and he's trying to figure out why does this woman care so much about these photos?
1: This is the second best part of the whole movie, so you forgot the very ending, but
0: <laughs> This is on. the second best part of the movie. <laughs> he starts looking at the photos, and he's like, why does this woman want it? And this is, like, an entirely silent sequence. This is, like... This is, like, the... the, the fuck. 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 Part of The Wire. That yeah. scene in The Wire, but it's, like, totally silent. As I've never seen The Wire. Okay. <laughs> Well, someone's out there laughing at that. And he's doing that scene, but it's totally silent. And he's like, look, in this picture, she's looking over to, you know, these hedges over here. And I got a different photo from a different angle where you can see those hedges. And I, you know, blew up the photo. This is how this movie gets its name. I blew up the photo and I can, I can see a man with a gun in the hedges. And so he, like, he is, like, calls his agent and is like, I saw a murder today. And his agent's mm. like... He first
1: calls up and is like, I have fantastic news. I prevented a murder today.
0: Oh, right! <laughs> 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 um, he's like, I prevented a murder today. <laughs> and so... Yeah. Um, his agent's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I, I, I'll show you. I'll be over there just a little bit. And he's about to leave to go talk to his agent. And then some, like, models show up. And he has sex with the models. And then he's like, what was I doing? Oh right, the murder. (laughs) Yeah, Um,
1: and then he notices in one of them a thing, and he like blows that up, and then finds like oh a little bit of what seems to be a corpse in the bushes.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh right, the murder, and he goes back to the park, and he's like, there's the dead body, and then he's like, I gotta go talk to my agent, (laughs) and his agent is like, in some, well, okay, one. He's like, I gotta go talk to my agent. And then he just, like, wanders into the shittiest concert you've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> and it's some really fucking god-awful band playing a really terrible song and all these british people just standing there staring respectfully yeah While
1: the (laughs) the one the one girl who got a little too high in the back is just dancing but not well
0: yeah nobody in this movie knows how to dance it's she's not dancing to the rhythm at all she's just kind of flailing her arms around (coughs) everybody else in the club is just standing and staring to where i thought the point was that none of them were enjoying this band (laughs) But then one of the band members gets upset and breaks his guitar and like throws the pieces into the audience and the audience like loses their shit. They're like, ah, "I'm gonna cream my jeans!" <laughs> <laughs> and our main guy like gets the piece of the guitar and he runs and everybody's trying to take the guitar from him and then he just throws it on a street corner. Doesn't care. Yeah. And none of this matters. <laughs> I just think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. And he meets up with his agent. His agent is like at a party smoking weed and he's like yeah, I guess I could smoke some weed too. Um, and then he's like, oh, right, the murder. Agent, we gotta go look at the dead body. And his agent's like, I don't no, wanna look at the dead body. And he's like, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna go look at the dead body by myself. And by the time he gets there, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, shit. Fuck. No. Uh,
1: and then he goes back mm-hmm. to his uh, apartment and all the, like, photos have been stolen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Every Everything in his apartment is stolen. Not all everything, but, like, All the evidence. All the evidence, basically, is stolen. And he, like, tries calling the number that the woman gave him earlier, and it's, the you know, it's, like, just some random phone number. It's not for anybody, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So, he, like, goes to sleep, and he goes back to the park the next day, and the dead body is still gone. Shocker. Um, And then he, like, is just, like, wandering the park, and he's all dejected, and he's like, man... There was a dead body here, and I didn't take a picture of it. And then some mimes show up. <laughs> yeah. Just, a, you know,
1: back when I was a teen, I was a, a punk who would sometimes wear a foxtail. Um, <laughs> these teens in 60s Britain are just mimes. Yeah. To this degree where I I wondered like... Is the 90s thing of hating mimes, like, was there just some huge mime subculture in the 60s that I was, like, not really aware of that then people in the 90s hated because it was, like, their parents?
0: There are these rowdy teens. They, they're they at the very start of the movie, too, because he, like, gets some pictures, He's like, oh, look at yeah. these rowdy mimes. And there's, like, these rowdy teens in a jeep just driving around old London town, yeah. uh, hooting and hollering, and then they all get out of their jeep and they go they silently play tennis and they you know mime playing tennis yeah and the the movie ends cuz one of them like hits the ball over the fence and they like motion to the main guy thomas who's been watching them play tennis and he like goes and picks up the fake ball and throws it back to them and then the movie ends yeah um that scene's incredible yeah the mimes are amazing <laughs>
1: Um, my, my favorite moment, like, the mimes are incredible, <coughs> but I also like how much, like, work is put into the camera following the ball, including I when know. it flies and then, like, it's, like, going in the grass.
0: And it, like, bounces and the camera goes, like, up, down. <laughs> yeah,
1: and then, like, you know, like, it slows as it's following it. As it
0: like... <laughs> I'm sure that took, like, a couple tries to get right, because they were, like, you know, they, like, looked at it in the dailies the next day and they're, like, no, that doesn't look like what that would look
1: like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So the thing is, I've not watched a lot of mm-hmm. Um. You liked Red Desert, though. I love Red Desert. Mm-hmm. And Red Desert, there's a few other ones that I've seen, but Red Desert is the one that I've watched most recently. It's one that, like, I was very, I was about to put it on somewhere on our list of movies, like, on the schedule for us mm-hmm. when repertory screenings are like, we're doing it. And I was like, well, I guess we're not. <laughs> 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 I will use this as an excuse to just watch it again myself. Mm-hmm. Um, But like, that's a, a fantastic film. And a lot of it is also this like emptiness of plot, but it feels so much more like it is this like woman who is like gone through this crash is, um, having these like various issues in her life where she's increasingly feeling like depressed and detached from everyone around her. Mm. And so the emptiness of the plot and of the film is really feeding into this feeling of like becoming detached from like the people around you. Um, and you know, just like chimneys belching smoke into the sky and all of this. Um, this just a couple years later is like—is this just like the detachment of being like a rich jagoff who like so doesn't really care about anything?
0: I
2: like, have like
1: I have like a read on it this just, movie. It, like the emptiness here didn't
0: work for me in this, the way that in Red Desert it extremely works. The emptiness works for me, and sort of, I sort of—I think I understand. Like, I don't know if it is the metaphor that Antonioni is going for it like, I don't know what his intention is, but I know, like, there is a way that I read the emptiness of this movie that is interesting, which is that like you see this, like, British man, and this movie is so concerned with like mid-sixties British, like high fashion culture. You see a bunch of his photo shoots. You see this, like, terrible concert that, like, this is the music that like these sorts of people listen to, and like, um, you see, like, uh, like how they go about their process of doing these photo shoots. Oh, they go antiquing and they do, you know, like get these like props and all these yeah. things.
1: Well, there's even, <sighs> I forget the, the country, but there's some joke about like antiquing. And I forget if someone's like moving somewhere or going somewhere. And it's like, so oh, do they not like antique there? And they're like, everything there is antique, which I was just laughing about. Cause it's like, well, no, it's not like the people who live there. But I mean, if you're Britain, who's like going and colonizing Right. Countries and taking all their stuff than it is antiques to you, yes. even if it was made like five years ago. Yeah, because it's something that you pillage from
0: another culture. Well, so this is the thing that I was going to say is that like the the movie is so concerned with like just sort of neutrally observing this like British like culture and like what is like high art in British culture in nineteen sixty six, and you see this very vapid man and you see him just sort of treat everyone and everything around him as like his toy um you know he goes to the antique shop and he's like i don't even know what that is but it'll look good in a photo i'll buy it uh just throw it in the car and you know the lady's like "Uh, it's gonna beat it up if you do that and he's like oh who cares (laughs) Yeah. Um, and he sees these people in the park and you know, this woman is very rightfully like, this is a public space. Like you can't just like take photos of us and like, you know, I don't know what you're going to do with those photos. You don't know me. I feel uncomfortable with this. Um, and he's like, well, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. Um, and y- you know, you just see this very like, Oh, the, another, the way he treats his models is very much like, these are not people. These are, like... These women's bodies are objects for me to use. And the most, like... He just does not think of them as people. You know? Yeah.
1: And I think... The, this the is, end of the 30-minute him taking photo fashion photos at the beginning is him telling everyone that they need a break and they should close their eyes for a moment. And then he just leaves and forgets that he's taking photos and hangs out with his friend for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then, like... The movie's kind of interesting in that, like... It's not quite taking place in real time in the way that like a movie like cleo from five to seven is taking place in real time but you see like every moment of a part of this gate guy, this guy's day and so like like 30 minutes later in the movie you you sort of have a sense of like i think it's been like three or four hours of his life that we've seen you know yeah and he like calls his assistant, and is like, are the models still closing their eyes? And the assistant's like, no. He's like, well, make them close their eyes again. And so, like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's just an asshole. And I, I, like, read all of this as, like, a sort of, like... This is, like, the exact type of person that the British Empire is built to produce. Like, culturally, yeah. like this is what imperialism does to a motherfucker's brain. <laughs> um, and, like, I think that's interesting. And then, like, you you take that guy who is so vapid and sees everything as, like, tools for him to use and doesn't, like, care about people, It's just, like, making art because he thinks that, like, art in and of itself is, like, a good thing, or like it's it's gonna make him money. I don't think he thinks about art all that much as an artist. And you confront him with something that's like real, like oh the 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 last thing I wanted to mention is that you in that scene where he goes to meet with his agent the first time and they're at a restaurant. You see all these like photos of like oh look at these poor like war-stricken countries or these like street urchins and this uh, on. London, who are just lining up the soup kitchen, and you see all these poor people in these black and white photos, but he doesn't, like, care. He's just, like, putting them in his book, and he's gonna make money, but he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. So you could make him confront something real, like, oh, here's this murder, and for, like, 15 minutes, he gets really interested in it, and he doesn't care anymore, and he's not gonna do anything. He never calls the police. He never even goes and takes the damn photo. He's just, like, this... He's supposed to be an artist, and he's supposed to, you know, be the sort of like grappling with these things of like what is life and death? Or or whatever. And he just is like not capable of that because he just sees it as like, oh, I should get a photo of a dead body for my book. Yeah. And he's just a vapid person. <laughs> um But no I, I have that read on the movie, and I think it is interesting. I don't think it makes it like fun to watch the really boring movie though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, this is the thing while you're talking which is like <coughs> I'm glad you said all that cuz I it did like
1: improve my my view of the movie a little bit. Mhm. Um and I think that there's like that stuff is all correct. The stuff that's like happening in here intentionally or not. Yeah. Um
0: I,
2: mean,
0: I would not be shocked if Antonioni gave a mo- gave an interview where he's like says all the things I just said but maybe he was intending something different. I think there's like yeah. a lot of ambiguity and like, I think he's very intentionally working in negative space where I can watch it as a person who thinks that British culture and imperialism is bad and I can read that into it. And maybe someone else can watch it and see that negative space and read something else there. Yeah. Um.
1: But I, I think the, the thing that still like sits with me of like, Red Desert is a great film and I don't know how much I'm going to think about this again is Red Desert is doing similar things but it is like from this focal point of this character where it is like it's talking about stuff around mental illness it's talking around you know she's still like a fairly wealthy person Mm -hmm. and things but it it is still like talking around ways that like people are deeply alienated from modern society um, that are like at once like relatable for me as a person who's often alienated <laughs> in mm-hmm. society um and that also like it is something that is like i guess just like a a story that feel that i'm like more engaged in that i i care more about like oh this woman who is like struggling through things whereas like i kind of like, there are maybe lots of people who don't know this, but I don't know if they're going to get it from this movie. I already know that the imperialist, like, Jagoff artist who's just taking, like, photos of, you know, models. Yeah. I know that he's, like, empty and vapid and, like, that this is what British culture in the 60s is. Yeah. And, and the, so like... there's a certain amount where I'm watching and I'm like, yeah. 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 I could have just watched, like, The Beatles. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, The Beatles do some great music, but still, a lot of it is very empty and vapid to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Even the songs I like, like,. I'm I'm kind of low to mid on most of the Beatles, but even the Beatles songs that I like, like "Here Comes the Sun," is a song about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it sounds nice. Um, oh no, shit! The sun's gonna rise, and I'm sad today, but I'm gonna be happy tomorrow. Thanks, George. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thanks for inventing the sitar. <laughs> anyway, um. So yeah, that like I think that's like the fundamental divide for me is just that like what red desert is talking about is something that i actually care about where i'll be engaged and this is just like yeah i know this sucks
0: yeah
2: well and i uh, also... i already
1: knew all that
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well and also it's just like I, th- I think my read on this movie is interesting it's a fun thing to think about fundamentally i do not care about watching a detestable little shit man have a three-way. It's yeah. not, like, fun. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I One don't... One thing I thought was very funny. So, during the photo shoot, there's a lot of... There's just, like, this fashion style that I know was, like, in at the time, and it comes up multiple times during the photo shoots, where it's basically just, like, a long strip of fabric that, like, goes... There's, like, a hole in the middle, and it just goes over the front and the back, and you just have, like, full... Like, nothing's covering the sides. Yeah. Um, and so you get, like, some, like, side boob and stuff during, like, those photo shoots. Um, and then when the the woman who is, like, a part of the murder or whatever is coming and trying to get the film, she's topless for most of that scene, but they're, like, notably never showing her breasts in this way where I was like, oh, is this just, like... They're they're just this movie's never going to do that. Mm -hmm. Like the movie is like constantly hinting at it and never going to do that. And then the the two bimbos come in for the the threesome Uh and then it's just like tits everywhere. And I'm like, oh, okay, (laughs) 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 What's changed movie? Yeah, (laughs) I guess the actress like didn't want to do topless for this one or something. Yeah. But yeah, it was just weird. It's just so Like, weird. it was so bizarre, because I was just like, oh, okay. They're like, being very tasteful is, about yeah. the way
0: they're not showing tits the, right now. Yeah, and then just,
1: <laughs> like, it was, like, right as I was, like, really thinking about, like, oh, this movie's been, like, you know, it's, like, playing a lot of this, but it's, like, being tasteful. It's not, like, just, like, showing a bunch of naked girls just to show naked girls on the screen. And then, and I'm then five minutes later. Naked
0: girls come on screen.
1: <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> it's very bizarre. Yeah, I just, like... <laughs> I don't need to like root for our protagonist, but I need the main character to be like interesting in some way. And the only he's just the I just hate watching him and yeah. it's intentional. I don't I do not like I'm I don't know how you watch this movie and not hate that man with your entire heart and soul. Yeah, he is the most detestable man in fiction, but like that wasn't like. He wasn't like, oh, I hate him, but he has a heart of gold. Oh, I hate him, but he's kind of sexy. There's no, like, but yeah. that sort of, like, hooks me into or, him. Or, like, but it's really fun to hate him. Yeah. It wasn't even that fun to hate him. Nightcrawler is a movie where, like, there, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, Nightcrawler, has no redeeming qualities. No, but he's kind of hot. Oh, but he's kind of fun. Nightcrawler is just a movie about, like, Here's this man, and you're going to hate him, and you're going to have the best time hating him. Yeah, it's gonna it's, be fun to it's hate him. So much fun hating Jake Gyllenhaal in that movie. Uh, <laughs> I think I've talked on this podcast before
1: about how it's not like a hard and fast rule, but I like generally try to avoid consuming media that is specifically just about bad men behaving badly. Mm-hmm. Um, which means that there's just like a ton of you don't watch television, television. <laughs> yeah, that I just don't watch. And I think movies are one of the areas where I break that rule the most often because at most it's like two and a half hours or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes if I'm not doing it for a podcast, I might just be like, yeah, I I hate this man and I don't really care what's happening with him anymore. Um, and I don't know if I would have turned off blow up, but like, man, I this was a movie that reminded me of why I kind of have that like general guideline within my life because like watching like a thing about this man, but it was like an entire TV show just terrible like i it's not even fun or interesting to me. I just I know that there are terrible men who do terrible things and are just like total shits, and at a certain point, I'm just like i don't i don't I don't want to like have this in my life anymore.
0: If I was watching this movie by myself, not for a podcast, I probably would have turned it off. Which is so disappointing because I would have missed the mimes, which are fucking incredible. <laughs> I don't think I would have turned it off because I like Red Desert so much uh-huh.
2: that
1: I would have sat through it still. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably would. I probably would have zoned out and checked my phone a lot more than I did. But we were just like joking
0: around the entire yeah, time, so that saved it. That's the other thing is that like if I was watching it by myself. I would have gotten to the mimes. I would have been like, why are there mimes here? Is this movie over? Oh, it's got five minutes. Okay. I'll watch these fucking mimes. Is that it? Okay. Because I was watching it with another person. We we're like, uh, yeah, this movie's kind of nothing. It's got its good parts, but it's fine. And then rowdy mimes roll up and just derail the movie. <laughs> and we are hooting and hollering <laughs> along with them. We're like, thank you, mimes. It's, I cannot explain, like, i mean i think the
1: mimes are getting at this like emptiness of culture that you're talking about oh absolutely yeah yeah like
0: like that like the
1: most entertaining thing in this entire movie is just people
0: pretending to play tennis. (laughs) yeah and like the most like the most meaningful interaction that this character has with another person is pretending he's throwing them a ball yeah. Cuz ev- every other interaction he has with a- another human being, he just treats them like dirt. But like he just helps these mimes out. Yeah. He just does something nice and plays along with them. And then the most meaningful thing he can do is pretend he's doing something meaningful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but
1: well, and also just like subsuming himself enough to play pretend. Uh-huh. You know? Yes. To be like, yes, I will do what you are doing.
0: Yes. And and like giving up his ego enough to like, I'm probably gonna look ridiculous pretending to grab out this ball. Cause the man that we have seen for the first like ninety minutes of this movie or whatever, absolutely cannot let go of his ego for the minute it takes him to walk over to where the ball landed and pretend to throw the ball. But at the end of this movie, he gets to a place where he's like, I'll play along with these mimes for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) And then he just like goes, you know, he like wanders around the park and then it's like title card end of the movie. Yeah. I have a, I have a quick
1: question for you. I feel like we're, we're winding down. We might get the stairs soon. Yeah. Um, would you want to, this is also, I'm saying slightly to terrorize Juo. Do you want to move up, blow out just so we're talking about it closer to blow up?
0: Uh, listen, you can ask me any day of any week of any month of any year. Do, do you want, want to, to watch terrorize-
2: Blowout?
0: Oh. <laughs> 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 I thought you were gonna say, "Do you want to
1: terrorize Joel?
0: And my answer is always gonna be, "I'd rather watch Sisters." But yeah, let's watch Blowout. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just want to
1: like, especially right after. Like, if I feel, I feel like if I was really high on Blowout, then I would be like, "Yeah, let's like." We can take a beat, and we'll come back to it, and we'll talk mm. about it, and we'll we'll like maybe talk about how things have changed, but we'll give it some space. But this just feels like Blowout is going to be such a different movie to me. It's I haven't so seen different. either of these, that I'm kind of I feel better about doing it immediately, and then talking about it, yeah. and like they by nature of them being so different, they'll just have more of their own space.
0: Mm. Um, preface for uh, Blowout for listeners. Uh, like i say 1981 remake of um blow up not not really a remake inspired by um directed by Brian De Palma Brian De Palma um like one of the great like makers of movies for perverts in, in yeah. american history like the man just makes depraved movies for depraved people and I eat that shit up. Um, I think, like, Carrie and and particularly Sisters. Sisters is one of my favorite movies. It is directed by Brian De Palma. Carrie and Sisters are much more like, man, this is a sicko movie for sickos. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But Blowout, I think, is a lot of fun because it is still that, but he's successful enough now that he has, like, enough money where, like, someone in the studio is like, you cannot make this movie like this. (laughs) So he like reigns it in. Like if he's usually at like a hundred percent, he's still at like 95. This is still a kind of like gross movie at a lot of parts, but um, he has to rate it in, but he has so much more money than he usually does. I love blowout with my whole heart, but um, I, it's been long enough. I couldn't give content warnings for it, but you might want to look up like, there's definitely violence against women that might might be sexualized. I cannot remember, so people yeah. might look up like a list of content warnings for Blowout, um, just to double check. Yeah. Um. And if you're sensitive to to, um, <coughs> if you're sensitive to like sexual assault stuff, movie all in movies at all. Don't watch Sisters. If if you can watch a movie with that, you should watch Sisters, because <laughs> that movie's good. <laughs> But um, mm. Brian De Palma movies are not for everybody, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, or at least good ones, because at some point he directs uh, Scarface and then never makes a good movie again, I think. Yeah. Mission Impossible. I hear that movie's good. I haven't seen it, but I hear it's good. Mm-hmm. So. It is good. We
1: rated right after we watched it, B minus. I I don't remember why.
0: I don't remember why either. This is why I insisted that we rate it that oh. night. I the was like, we stairs. have to so do this, this is, now.
1: There's the stairs in his flat, which are not that great. No. The ones where I think we got it up to a B- is the ones that go up to where the murder happens, where he takes the photo, is, like, a fairly nice...
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. like, a, like,
1: trail in
0: the park with some stairs.
1: And he's, like, running through this park... Like, literally jumping up and clicking his heels together. It's ridiculous. it's absurd. And I think he does it on those stairs
0: as he's going up. Well, no, they cheat us because he runs and he clicks his heels and there's some light steps. And then they cut and there's a really nice stairwell that he walks. He's like, skips up the stairwell. And I'm like, man, if only he, like, clicked his heels right before he got on the stairs. That would be the perfect... Yeah, cover art. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um... I still don't know if B- is... We can maybe do C+. Let's do C+, because yeah. we
0: don't remember this very well.
1: Um, I mean, it is, like, key to the story of him going up there, but... Man, I
0: love Blowout. Blowout's a way better movie than
2: this.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so next time we'll be watching Blowout. I hope I don't overhype it. I just think that movie's fun, to yeah. be clear. I don't think that movie is, like, art- I just love that movie.
1: (laughs) Um, And then after that, we'll be watching Aquarius.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Remind me what that is. uh, It's the movie that Joe keeps telling me I need to watch. And so I just put it on our calendar.
0: I love terrorizing Joe, So this is great. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, we've pushed it back a week again because he was complaining to me when we had the bonus episode because we didn't record that it's like taking longer. Happy birthday, Joe. Yeah,
2: happy birthday
0: <laughs> Um, You're a boomer now <laughs> Um, And then people can look We're doing some
1: Japanese movies The thing is, there's just like movies that I want to get to Before we get to Twin Peaks mm-hmm. I want to get through like Yakuza stuff And I also want to get a Terayama film on And that means a lot of my picks are going to be Japanese Which I feel slightly bad about But I, be-
0: I will pick Japanese movies too So then we share the burden <laughs>
1: Please, please, pick some Hong Kong and Taiwanese. <laughs> <way>. <laughs> get some diversity on this podcast.
0: I think I can come through um, for you on that. I think I yeah. could probably. Uh, I think I could probably find a couple Hong Kong movies I want to watch before we.
1: <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I do still want to try and get some other just movies from different countries, but mm-hmm. there's a certain point at which I'm like, I just want to like finish this yakuza stuff I'm talking about before yeah. we we get to.
2: Lynch.
0: Yeah. So we have a question from Klaus. Um let me pull it back up. Hi. I saw this film in a school class purely because the teacher wanted to show us the scene where he blows up the image. What's the weirdest reason you got to see a film in school? <laughs> um I have a couple different answers for this one. Okay. I have one that springs to mind. And I know that if I think on this, I will remember three more stories. Cause I definitely remember many, many, many like an irresponsible number of movies watched in class. Cause teachers didn't care. <laughs> yeah. But my, the, the one that always jumps immediately to my mind is in my biology class, my freshman year of high school, we were going to watch Jurassic Park because it explains DNA. (laughs) And I was sitting in class and was like, oh, this movie used to scare me as a kid. Not like, that's all I said. I was like, oh yeah, that movie used to scare me as a kid. Yeah. And my teacher was like, oh, well, if it's too scary for you, here's a hall pass. You can just go do whatever for the next hour. (laughs) So I I was like, I wasn't even like, There were many times through my high school career that I tried and succeeded to get out of class. So it was a very, this was like first three months of high school that's happened to me where a teacher was just like, yeah, whatever, go do something else. I don't care. (laughs) Um, Mine was
1: similar in terms of it's explaining genetics, except it was, um, there was a, a teacher who, so I don't know how, like, various high schools are set up. This one was, like, teachers have specific subjects. I think that's common. And then you would, like, see them throughout. Like, you'd see them each year, and they'd just be teaching, like, different levels of chemistry or whatever. Um, And she just really liked the movie Gattaca, and I think also just liked using it towards the end of the, like, you know, having a bunch of stuff to grade or whatever. I'm just going to do a movie. And so it was always just like, well, this is a movie about genetics. Gonna watch Gattaca, <laughs> fourth year in a row. <laughs> um, the other one, this was in um, middle school, is that there was a social studies professor, or not professor teacher, it was middle school, um, who would put on the '90s, which is not a movie. Mm-hmm. But do you know what the mo- the '90s is? No, I have no idea. Um, this is kind of a, a like so. I've talked about media burn before the archive. If people go to mediaburn.org Um There's an entire like collection that you can find on there. Um, or you can just like search for the nineties, which they spell like nine zero apostrophe S for it. Mm-hmm. But it was like a TV show made in the nineties for public television in Chicago. Um, and I don't entirely know why I was at a school in Michigan. So I don't know why it was showing like a, right. We kind of got, we kind of got WTTW where i was okay because it was like across the lake but um so maybe that was part of it um anyway yeah watched a lot of that which is just was weird when i then worked at the archive um and i was like oh yeah i watched this in social studies
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh that was it right okay so in middle school we um, read Fahrenheit 451, I remember. Um, and this is a, like a classic of, oh, we finished reading this book. High school teacher, I am going to put on a movie of the book, you know, to... Mm-hmm. We can, you know, write a three paragraphs comparing and tr- contrasting the film and the book, whatever. My teacher did not care for the Francois Truffaut Fahrenheit 451 adaptation. And so my teacher put on Fahrenheit 911, not knowing what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like 13 watching Fahrenheit 9-11 in class. and We watched like the first half of the movie one day, and she was like, uh... Uh, well, we'll finish that up tomorrow, and then we never did, because she got complaints from parents about showing Fahrenheit 911 in class. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, um, the other one, where I just watched a bunch of movies that were for dubious reasons, um, so I took Latin throughout all of high school, and the Latin teacher... I don't know if tenure exists in, like, Michigan public schools, but it was essentially the, the stereotype of, like, the teacher that has tenure, and so it's just given up.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it existed in Missouri public
1: schools, so it yeah. wouldn't surprise me. Um, and so, she was very old. She was very weird. So, she, like, owned goats. I'm going to talk about her pet goats all the time. Um, she would never take a left turn in a car, would always take right turns, and would try to figure out a way to get someplace doing right turns, because left turns were more dangerous. Uh, she frequently gave the advice that people should become urinologists, because they make a lot of money. (laughs) Um, just like a very bizarre old lady. Mm -hmm. She was great. She was a lot of fun. Um... And just every once in a while, she would just not want to teach. And so she would be like, we're going to watch some more Jason and the Argonauts or like any of the other, you know, always like very cheap old movies that are like about something vaguely like right. greco roman
0: <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so much Jason and the Argonauts. We watched a lot of that. <laughs> Cause I think that one's just really long. Yeah. And so she could just like take one of the tapes and put it in.
2: I And think... be like,
1: We haven't watched this tape yet.
0: <laughs> I think we had that boat with um at some point like the the teacher was putting on the like twenty twelve Clash of the Titans movie. Yeah. Um The other one that I just remembered was This is not a public school experience. This is like a different thing. There was one time, I think when I was 20, where I was driving and the light was yellow and I was like, I think I can get through. No, I can't. Yes, I can. No, I can't. And I ended up like going through, the light is like fully red by the time I go through. So I like ran a red light, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh my God, I was like endangering lives. It like just turned red basically when I go through the intersection. And of course my luck is, the car next to me is a cop car. So I get pulled yeah. over. Um, she writes me a ticket. You know, I have to go do a like driver safety course, basically. Which is... One afternoon, I drove into Kansas City. Because <laughs> there was not any fucking driving course that you could do in Lawrence, Kansas. It was too small for that.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I had
0: to drive into Kansas City. And I get there... And this guy is like... It's me and like 20 other people. Um, and this guy is like... Hey, um... I have all this like... Stuff I'm supposed to tell you about driving safe. But my wife is in labor. <laughs> so I'm gonna put on this movie. <laughs> and if you all can sign this... And it'll say you're here. And we'll send it off to the government. And, you know, you will all be good to go but I need to leave now (laughs) (laughs) so yeah y'all just watch this movie sign this and and you're good and most of the people got up and left I stayed for like another 20 minutes because the movie he put on was a documentary funded by like AT&T directed by Werner Herzog about why you shouldn't text and drive.
2: <laughs> and so it's,
0: just deeply, it's just this deeply sad Werner Herzog documentary about like three families who have been afflicted by like texting and driving. <laughs> yeah. um, and I didn't watch the whole thing. I, I think I was the last person there, and I was only there for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: So, you started telling your story, and I didn't want to interrupt you, but you did mention that uh, your taking a a class, you know, and watching the movie it was, instead of Jason and the Argonauts, it was the 2012 Clash of the Titans movie, uh-huh. and then during that entire story that you told, I just kept thinking about how I had a master's degree and was married in 2012 <laughs> when that movie came out. <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs> Are we done here?
1: Yeah. Do we want to do box office game or are we just
0: done? Let's do it. Okay. We got time. Yeah. Um, For people who don't know, um, if you go to box ga.me, this is a website that it's got a wordle style game where it gives you one week in the box office. It tells you this is the year I was born. This time we have the weekend of September 9th, 1988, um, and it tells you, like, oh, this movie made this much money, and it was the most popular movie this weekend, um, Yeah, and you have to guess the five movies that were, like, in theaters that weekend, basically, and you can, um, you know... Yeah, the five,
1: it. like, the highest grossing movies in theaters yeah. that weekend. So, um, and it, it gives you information of, like, who distributed it, the, the gross that week, um, then uh, the total up until that point with the, like, number of weeks it's been in theaters. So, like, here we can see the top grossing one. Number one is from Universal, um, and this was its first week in theaters.
0: Oh, also, like, let's say I just had memorized, like, the weekend of September 9th, 1988. I could guess all these movies... And I would get like 200 points for each, basically. Or we can like expand this and get the tagline. And, you know, we would get 160 points instead of uh, 200 points. But we would have a little more information to guess this. Yeah. So um, we might just play this on the podcast in the future. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, they it's did it on or... VoIP
0: Life and they were like, oh, this is terrible. And I was like, I had a lot of fun listening to it. So yeah. if you, if you don't want to listen... You know where to find us. Go listen to a different episode for plugs. But, um, yeah. Um, we were saying
1: that, like, if the network just made a bunch of money where this was our full time job, we would just have a, like, daily podcast. I would just do this every day. Yeah. That's just us playing this. And then potentially if it was, like, really like fully paying a bunch of money for us. Hmm. Um this is just 100% like we clock in, clock out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every day potentially have to watch the movies that we haven't seen.
0: Yeah, that's what I that's what I suggested is that we have to play this movie, we have to play this game every day. And then like the last time that we played this, we had never heard of Wind Talkers or just by no, the skin I had of, heard of Wind By the skin of our teeth we got Wind Talkers. It was um The Sum of All Fears that we were like I've yeah. never heard of that movie in our life. Yeah. And we were like, oh, we'd have to do a stairwells about that. But we're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, any, um, I mean, any like guesses first off for like 1988 movies? Um, I'm trying to think now because Die Hard is 88. There was that meme
1: that was like movies that came out. The Die Hard might be on here. How early would that have?
0: Been? Well, but it's a Christmas movie though. Did yeah, it come but... out in December? I don't know. I was gonna... We can't Google it at this point.
1: Yeah. Because the thing is, I was trying to remember, because this is the year that I was born, and there was that letterbox meme that was, uh, like, your favorite movie from the year you were born or whatever. Yeah. But I remember there not being a ton of movies I had watched from the year I was born.
0: Yeah, I remember you doing that and being like, if this was, like, 87 or 89, I would have had things, but I didn't have anything for 88.
1: Yeah. Um. Do we want to reveal anything here? We want to do a, a wild guess and just like throw out Die Hard just to see.
0: Let's just try Die Hard. Okay, we'll just try Die Hard. Just shot in the dark. Um, hell yeah, it's number four. All right, this has been in This is a Christmas movie. It's been in theaters four weeks in De- in September. Yeah. All right. Um. No. What? Wait. Nine weeks. When
1: did this come out? I don't remember when Die Hard came out. Um, I guess we could Google it. Also, sorry if there's, like, typing and and button pressing on here. Um, there's just
0: nothing we're going to do about that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if I had my tablet in here, I could do it, but Emily always wants to do the crossword while we're recording, so. Um,
0: any other 88 movies? There Let's wasn't see. a Terminator so, that year, was there? Uh,
1: I don't remember. We so the the studios that we have are Universal, New Line, MGM, uh, Die Hard is Twentieth Century Fox, and then United Artists.
0: I feel um, like that United
1: Artists is going to be a tough one.
0: Yeah. Um, I can't think of any movies that are like distinctly nineteen eighty eight in my mind, in the way that Die yeah. Hard is. I feel like tagline is like the is a really good balance of like. Sometimes you just know it. Yeah. Instantly. Let's try tagline. But you don't spend too many points getting tagline. Yeah. In the way that, like, if you got the plot. He's not the first actor to impersonate a president, but he may be the last. Actor impersonating the president movie. Hmm. In 88. So. Um... I assume he's not doing, like, a I'm impersonating Ronald Reagan, but it's probably somewhat analogous to Ronald Reagan. Maybe. Um... I
1: really don't know on this one. Do you want to reveal anything else? Like, another actor or something? Or, like, one of the actors?
0: I feel like director wouldn't get us anywhere, but I feel like actor might get us somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. Do we want to go straight to actor one? Or... Maybe. Yeah... This is the first week in theater, so it's, like, very hard. Richard Dreyfus impersonating the president movie. Richard Dreyfus impersonating the president movie. I'm like, I don't know if I know this. I Yeah, I just... I don't know that I've ever heard of this. Um... Because, like, that, we know everything there is to know about it. It's a movie where Richard Dreyfus either is the president or... Is impersonating the president? Yeah, and I just i've I've got nothing. I'm just like, what happens if I
1: type in president, the American president rampage, president down, bad president, 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 bad president, assassination of a high school president. <laughs> um,
0: I really have no idea. On yeah, I have, I have nothing.
1: Um.
0: Like, I don't, I don't think that anything we revealed is going to give
1: me... Do we just want to do the, the give up, basically?
0: <laughs> I just don't think I'm ever going to... Yeah. I guess we're going to give up on this one, which is a bummer, but... Yeah. What's the name of
1: it? Oh, I guess you can lose all the points and still guess. I think they've changed this. Little known actor... Jack Noah is working on location in, in the country of Parador at the time the dictator dies. Oh, so he's like, it's not the U.S. president. Dictator's right hand man, Roberto, uh, makes Jack an offer he cannot refuse to replay the dictator. To play the dictator. Jack's acting skills fool the masses, but not close friends and employees of the dictator. Well, so I it's love a Kage show. Yeah, it's a Kage
0: What
1: <laughs> um, about the CIA? <laughs>
0: uh, Raul Julia is in this movie. I have no idea what it is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Moon over Parador. Never I've heard, of heard it. that name before. I've, I've never heard yeah. of this. <laughs> I never would have guessed this in my life. <laughs> um okay, New Line.
0: Give me that tagline.
1: Just when you thought it was safe to go back to
0: bed. Oh, this is gonna be a. uh this isn't gonna be Nightmare on Elm Street, but this is gonna be like Nightmare on Elm Street two or three, I bet. Yeah. I don't know when did the first one come out, eighty two? um dream warriors the dream master Let's see. do when did the first one come out do you know i don't so so i know i know friday the 13th is 1980 yeah so the by 1988 the the i feel like by 1988 the slasher craze would have been in full swing enough that this is this is going to be a I'm feeling like three or four here. I'm feeling like three or four. Yeah. Based on that tagline, let's go with three. Nope. Let's try four. Yeah.
2: Um.
0: If this doesn't get it, maybe we can get an actor. There okay, we go. Cool. Nightmare on Elm Street Four: The Dream Master. Once okay. again, this has been in theaters for four weeks, <laughs> and yeah. um, it's September. Put out your horror movie in October. What are you doing? Things were different
1: back then. Yeah. You could just put out movies whenever you wanted. <laughs> um I'm just doing tagline again. Yeah. Um A Tale of Murder, Lost to Greed, Revenge, and Seafood.
0: Hmm. And seafood.
1: This one has been in
0: theaters for a while. It's not grossed a ton though, but MGM didn't distribute Godzilla movies in the US. Um yeah. Lust, greed, revenge, and seafood. Seafood. What would it be about seafood? Give me actor. Mm-hmm. I started to say that. I don't know if I want an actor. I don't know. Lust, greed, revenge, and seafood.
1: It, while we're thinking on this, just to say for listeners who may not have played this before, so taglines obviously re, we are revealing. Um, one of them you can do is plot, which like if you do that, I think it's there's you a few things you can no get, points. but yeah, it's 180 out of 200 to do plot. The thing, the thing um, about taglines,
0: 40. The thing about doing plot is that like you lose all those points. And if I don't know it, I still don't know it, you know. Yeah. Whereas, like, there's nothing. I there's just nothing. I think that plot is going to give me that tagline doesn't get me. Yeah. I guess is my feeling on it. Yeah. Um.
1: Or the big thing is, if you do plot, and then it's something that you really would have known, you just would be so mad at yourself. Right. Um, you'd be like, I could have gotten that with just the tagline. Or, like, you could have given me director and I would have known. Right. You know? Um, but, yeah, so the other ones are genre, which is five, director, 40, uh, actor one, 40, and then two and three go 35, 30. Budget is five,
0: and final gross is five. Yeah. Um. Remember the other day when we had... um. It was a born movie and they listed Matt Damon as actor two and we're like, Well, it can't be a Bourne movie because he'd be actor one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so mad.
1: Um, do we wanna do we wanna do one of the actors? I'm not like coming up with anything here.
0: Uh, yeah. I feel like if the actors don't give it to us, I probably just don't know this movie. How are you feeling? Actor two? Mm, give me actor one, I feel like. Actor one, okay. John, John Cleese, Cleese. A fish called Wanda. Yeah. I don't even know what that movie's about, but come on. <laughs> um, there we go. Okay. And then let me, let me close
1: these because oh, i have to keep scrolling up and down. Yeah. Um, final what one. More? one. Uh, do we want to just immediately go with tagline again or this is week three. It's made uh, 16 million so far
0: a United artists movie that made $16 million. I'm not going to know what it is. Probably. Yeah. Like, I just feel like I'm probably not going to know what this is unless it's a well-known movie.
1: Um, so tagline suspect investigator, passion betrayal.
0: This could describe every movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> this could describe um, every I'm movie. Gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to do an actor. <laughs> yeah. You is could there pick... a number you feel good about? It, what? Follow your heart here. Actor two. I've never heard of him. Tom Berenger.
0: I don't know that name. I know that name, but not enough to like I, place. I'm gonna Google him just so I could see a face. Maybe if I saw a face, yeah. Um, yeah, that's him. Uh, I've definitely seen him in films before.
1: <laughs> that's an actor.
0: Yep. <laughs> um, I'm a. I'll
1: reveal actor one here. Deborah Winger. I
0: don't know her. I do not know this name. Oh, my God. Let me, let me just pull her up. Uh-huh. uh boop, boop, boop. So it's... My guess is that it's going to be a movie where these two... Like, one of them committed a crime and the other is investigating the crime, but they fall for each other. Yeah Based on that tagline Um
1: God I, I don't think Actor 3 is gonna help us here Try director Maybe you know, if it's a director Costa Gav- Gavras. Yeah
0: I don't know this I'm gonna do
1: one last one Which is genre Just to Okay so this is like Veering more into Into like Thriller territory And not romance
2: Yeah
0: um I I've got nothing for this one.
1: Yeah. I really don't know. I'm just going to reveal all hints and see if I can get it from this from the plot
0: maybe.
2: Yeah.
1: So a woman starts working on a farm and gets to know the owner. They get on well and she also gets on with his children. Um he asks her to stay on when the work is finished. Things are not what they seem, and we discover the woman is actually an FBI agent. This
0: movie sounds bad.
1: This might be... Let me just try this. If this is not it, then I don't know what it is. Nope, it's not The Ranch. Which I I think is a thriller. That I vaguely remember. Alright, let's give up. I'm not getting this. Oh, also John Heard. What's the name of it? Betrayed. Yeah.
0: I was not gonna get that.
1: I'm just yeah. gonna, I'm gonna look this
0: one up. This is a weird mix of, like, movies we definitely knew and movies we definitely didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 1988. Die Hard. Sure. Oh, yeah. Fish Called Wanda. Okay, obviously. Um, And then just, like, two movies I've never fucking heard of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like how the C also has American history acts Green Room and Black Klansmen <laughs> because it's white supremacist terrorism in the United States is another. <laughs> yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah. It's roughly based upon the activities of American neo-Nazi and white supremacist Robert Matthews and his group, The Order.
0: That was did not come across in the box office games plot synopsis.
1: Yeah, um, I was kind of hoping that I was going to look into this, and it would be an erotic thriller, and then I'd be like, I might watch that. But no, I'm. I don't think I'm going to watch this movie. No. Um, I just have a weird fondness for erotic thrillers. Where,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I would check out a bad erotic thriller from 1988 that. <laughs> Up here on boxofficegob.me.
0: <laughs> Boxofficegay.
1: gay. <laughs> Gay.me. Yeah. Um that was that. Yeah. Like that
0: padded our runtime a little. Yeah. We got 90 minutes. I wanna go read Berserk. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Where can people find you online?
1: People can find me at Fox Momnia on Twitter or at media underscore pile where I'm just posting a bunch of uh, panels from Nana, currently.
0: People can find me on Twitter, at autumnal underscore coffee. You can find all my other podcasts by going to exportod.io. That takes you to the Patreon page, where we have links to all the free feeds, or you can save yourself a little time, give us $1, and then you got all the podcasts right there in the Patreon feed. You get them one week early. You give us $5 a month, and you can listen to Pop Town Funk, a podcast that was supposed to come out yesterday Um, as this podcast is released, but um, that's not going to happen because we haven't recorded it yet as of tonight, the day before it's supposed to go up. So, Pop Town Funk, soon, we are not going to, we will delay the release, but you are going to get your Pop Town. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we're never going to just cancel an app because of scheduling stuff, so... Yeah. Uh, Especially because people pay good money for Pop Town, so. Um,
1: Maybe eventually you'll get to the point of, like, the Live at the Table stuff with uh, Friends of the Table, where it's like, we didn't do one for months, and now it's, like, middle of March, and you're getting a thing that's like, here's the one from November 2021 that we (laughs) recorded two weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is wild of just... I really enjoy those episodes, but it, there's like a moment where I'm just like, no, now you're doing too many. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep up. Um, I guess people should go listen to Friends at the Table. Yeah. That's a good you're podcast. Great. Yeah. Um, also Ghost Divers. Also Ghost Divers. It's my other a podcast. bad podcast. Shut the fuck up. It's my anime podcast.
0: Meow yeah, meow. You were on some of it. I was. Those episodes are good. Not the ones I'm not on, though. We've been over this. We've been over this. <laughs> I just like antagonizing you. It's almost as good as antagonizing Shiloh. Yeah. Almost. Um,
1: And when people hear this, we're going to be starting Second Gig soon, which Connor and I have already watched and recorded all of those. But mm. we're definitely done with movies for a little bit. I mean, I guess we'll do Solid State Society. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Is that like? Is that like a...
1: It's like an OVA movie
0: kind of okay. thing. Okay, OVA was the word I was looking for, and I could not find it. Yeah, Because I knew it, I was like just trying to ask, was it like a new movie that ties in the standalone complex, or was it a recap movie? That's what I was trying to ask. It's, like a, it's
1: like a new movie. Okay. Um, Is it good? I haven't recorded that one yet.
0: Okay. I'll you mean, didn't like yeah. second gig, so...
1: Um, I mean, the thing is that I I do still, like, enjoy Second Gig. Like, I would watch Second Gig over a lot of other anime. But I just like the first season so much that I get mad at Second Gig. Mm-hmm. Get mad at what it is. Like, compared to broader. But I would still watch it over, like, Bleach, probably. <laughs> like, I have, no, <laughs> I have no desire to see Bleach. I would watch Second Gig again. <laughs> you know, like, in the grand scheme of anime. <laughs> anyway i've seen State society once and don't remember any of it so it'll be fun i literally don't remember what the plot is at all um Okikoro is real Okakoro is real it's like a weird
0: intonation with that one
2: The goose is dead, the bats have left the bell tower, the victims have been bled but the velvet lines, the black box, the goose is dead.
0: The goose is dead Yeah and welcome to Stairwells. Uh, i give that one more run, because I'm not turning away from the mic midway through a sentence.
2: Why not? <laughs>